Here we go! Well, hey there. My name is Bubba. My name is Anna. It's Wednesday, April 1st, and you're tuned in to Church Nerds, a back row morning show. This show is made possible by listeners like you and a strong partnership between Back Row Radio and Love Thy Nerd. Just in case you're new with us this morning, I am a founding member of Love Thy Nerd, a ministry that exists to love and serve our nerdy neighbors. I have almost eight years in nerd culture missions and over a decade as a professional Christian on church staff. I also once drank a milkshake at a Disciple Now filled with, among other things, Hershey syrup, green ketchup, and pickled pig's feet. We all know that I'm the one with the real church cred, having grown up in Awana and having experience in inner city missions. I'm a stay-at-home mom, I homeschool our three kids, and run my own hobby textile business. I've also never seen the Disney Channel original movie, Cadet Kelly. On today's show, in an effort to help you not feel so lonely during this time of virus isolation, we're going to teach you how to build a friend out of Lego bricks. And then we're going to teach you how to witness to it. April Fool's! I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And you're streaming the Morning Side Hug. Completely loving, socially awkward, and decidedly Christian. We are a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on BackRowRadio.com. On today's show, we judge church pranks. And we dive into a deeper topic, overcoming fear during this coronavirus scare. But first, it is April 1st, 2020, and we have a holiday to celebrate, don't we? We do. Aside from April Fool's, it is National Walking Day. Be careful celebrating this one today, guys, because you know some people believe you should still be inside your house. But National Walking Day is every year on the first Wednesday in April. National Walking Day is exactly as it sounds, a day to celebrate the easiest way to be the healthiest version of you. Walking for 30 to 60 minutes per day may sound like it isn't much, but studies have shown that it can drastically improve your health and even help prevent ailments such as type 2 diabetes, cancer, and heart disease. All right. Well, on this April Fool's Day, it's also Wednesday Wednesday, and Mo and I are going to play a game that we haven't played in a while. Whoop, whoop. Uh, we're going to play a game called Would You Rather, and the way we do this is we have an app. Uh, leave me alone, you version. Uh, we, <laughs> we have an app. I uh, can't find it on my phone. There it is. Called Would You Rather, and it presents you know the typical Would You Rather questions, but it also stores up like the percentages of what people have chosen. So what we do is uh, we're going to take turns. I'm going to ask her five, and then she'll, she'll ask me five of these Would You Rather situations, and we're trying to guess the most popular answer. Okay, Got the it. most chosen answer. And this is going to be the first game in my attempt to win back the title belt that Mo has held for several weeks now. So I have to win this game, and then if I win this game, we get to do it again next time, and I get to go for the title. So... I'm hoping you lose, Mo. That's all I'm saying. Pride, <laughs> pride comes before the fall, so I'm, I'm trying not win. to say anything. Oh, you're not. I got you. Okay. All right, here we go. Oof, this is a good one to start with during this virus scare. <laughs> Would you rather have uncontrollable vomiting 
or have uncontrollable diarrhea. <laughs> uh. That's a terrible choice. Well, listen, with toilet paper on the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially, yeah. Um, oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to say diarrhea. Uncontrollable diarrhea? Nope. Really? 56% said they'd rather have uncontrollable vomiting. Wow. No way, man. I mean, at least with... At least with diarrhea, you can sit. And play on your phone. Like, you're I mean, incapacitated when you're vomiting. There's yeah. nothing you can do. Yeah. <laughs> There's no passing the time. I think... <laughs> I don't think people thought this out. Uh, okay, here's another weird one for the time that we're in. Would you rather be naked all the time or never leave your home? <laughs> Most of us are dealing with at least one of these now, and now it's really putting us to that question. Would I rather leave my home but have to be naked everywhere I go? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I am going to say that people said be naked all the time. Really? Yeah. You're wrong. Sixty-one <laughs> percent said they'd rather never leave your home. Okay. Uh, yeah. No way. No way. But I rather be naked all the time and still go about my daily life out in the world. Heck no. Heck no at all. I'd wind up having both. I'd wind up having to be naked all the time and never leaving my home. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh, oh, this is a sad one. I don't like this one. Would you rather be married to a person you don't like or be married to a person that doesn't like you? Oh, man. That's a sad one. <laughs> um, a person... Oh, man. Right? That's really tough. I'm going to say I'd rather be married to a person I don't like. Okay. I feel like I'd be with you. Yeah, 61%. Rather be married to a person you don't like. Yeah. All right, you got one. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, would you rather have an expensive house and a cheap car or a cheap house and an expensive car? <laughs> this one's easy for me. Mm, I'm going to say, <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm going to say an expensive house and a cheap car. That's what I would have said. Correct. 75% agree. Expensive house, cheap car. Okay. Cheap car, get your point A to B. House, you got to live in. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's two. Two out of five. Two, you yeah. Have one to go. Um, or two out of four so far. One to go. Uh, would you rather know if we are alone in the universe or know what happens after we die? So I guess know for a fact. What happens... After we die, or know for a fact that we are alone in the universe. That there are no such thing as aliens. Or whether or not we're alone in the universe. I don't know what it's asking. One of those two. I'm going to say what happens after we die. Yeah, correct by a lot. 75%. Nice. I'd rather know about the afterlife than about the extraterrestrials. Good. Okay. So you got three out of five. You hit that arrow to go to the next one. Three out of five, so I gotta beat three. Gotta beat three. Ooh, All right, okay. ready? No, I'm nervous now. Okay, oh, go ahead. Close. Okay. Would you rather live in a castle or own a yacht? 
Definitely own a yacht. I would hate living in a castle. 54... Nope, sorry. I read it wrong. It's 54% would rather live in a castle. More people would live in a castle? Yep. Barf. It's You'd be spooky all the time. You couldn't walk around in the dark because you'd be terrified. But see, It'd I think... It'd be so huge to clean. I think that that goes right back to the would you rather have a nice house or a nice car. I mean, essentially, it's a, the same thing. But there's eventually too nice of a house. Like, I'd rather have a nice house. I would not want a mansion unless I could afford to, like, hire a staff. You know what I mean? And I would assume I can't if I have a cheap car. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, Somehow that's I fair. I inherited an expensive castle. <laughs> that's fair. All right. Would you rather... Have the ability to increase gravity by half, or have the ability to decrease gravity by half. I don't even know why this is a question. Like, what does this matter in... <laughs> right, who would... But even then, how is that a choice? Who would increase gravity? Who would want to be heavier? Okay, is that... You're, <laughs> I'm going to need you to explain this to me like I'm a kindergartner. Increasing gravity would bring us heavier down to the earth. More gravity would bring us stronger. So we would float? No, no, no. We would be, it would be hard to walk. It would be twice as hard to walk. But I'm saying if, if, if they. If we reduce gravity, then it'd be kind of like on the moon. We would bounce. Our steps would take us up higher. Okay. We, it wouldn't be so much floating per se, but Bouncing. if we took a big leap, we'd be able to go pretty high. Could probably jump over a two-story building. Okay. If we tried really hard. Um, and obviously that's going to be the choice. You're not going to want to be stuck on the ground, being tired just from taking a stroll to the kitchen. Yeah. So decrease gravity. But I think there might be a problem just like you're having of not knowing which is which. <laughs> so I really hope that most people who answered this got it correct. Yeah, they did. 63% said Ability to decrease, decrease. Gravity. Okay, good. Yeah. All right, so uh, I'm two out of three so far. Right? Yes. Kay. No, you've only done two. No, I've done three. We had the, the first one. Yes, you've yeah. done two out right? of three. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Okay, because I know I got one right, and then I got one wrong, and then I got one right. So that's Okay, yeah. all right. So two out of three. Ready? Yes. Would you rather... Leave school after third grade or stay in school for the next 30 years? Leave school after third grade or stay in school for 30 years? Oh, gosh, that's hard. Listen, Mila's in third grade this year, and she learned about Bob Marley. So I feel like once you're in third grade, you learn everything that you, need, you need to know anyway. So I have a teacher who wrote a book called Everything I Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. And uh, he's right. Yeah. Shoot, I don't know. I guess I, I bet at least the choice uh, in the game. I bet most people chose leave after third grade. Yeah? Yeah. Personally, I think I'd be fine being in school for 30 years. This is really sad. 63% of people said that they would rather leave school after third grade. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that is sad. All right, so if you get the next one right, you win. Woo, woo. There should have been more circumstance, pop, pomp, and circumstance with that announcement thing. <laughs> if you get the next one right, you win. Like, hey, if you get the next one right, nope. you win. What do we win, Johnny? 
Nothing. All right, <laughs> would you rather, ready? Be extremely paranoid or be extremely naive? I'm both. <laughs> uh, <laughs> extremely paranoid or extremely naive? Okay, I feel like the right answer is naive because if you're naive, you're not really aware that you're naive, correct? It's kind of like the, the uh, you don't, you, if you don't know you're stupid, you don't feel stupid. You know what I mean? If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> if you're paranoid, you're aware that you're paranoid and you're aware all the time. The right answer should be extremely naive. And I'm gonna I'm gonna trust my gut and say that. Only by a smidgen. Fifty-two percent. So they'd rather be naive. They'd rather be naive. Yes. This is dumb. I guess. <laughs> I know. None of these feel like winning. I, they really don't. <laughs> these choices are terrible. Yeah, they're not. Uh, but you had the heartbreaking one. Whatever. That's that hurts. The the married one. The married to someone who doesn't like you or married to someone you don't like. That's sad. It is sad. That's a sad existence. Do you want to do your last one? Oh, was that How many was that? I thought that was 4. I thought that was that was 4 I got right, right? Yes, that was That means that we did 5 because I got one wrong. Are we sure? Well, now I'm not. But I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Why can't we go back? Why can't we go back on this game? Okay, so you did Naive or Paranoid. You did Yacht or Castle. Uh-huh. You did... Oh, gosh, I don't remember. You did... I don't remember what they were. Oh, my. See, I think that you only did four. But I know I got four right. Uh, see, I don't think that you did. I think that you were trying to pull a fast one. You told me. You said if I got well, one more no right. there's no scorekeeping here. There's no scorekeeping. Telling me I'm trying to pull a fast one. There's no. Okay. <laughs> All right, fine. Let's do one more, Mo. If nothing else, we've tied at this point. <laughs> All right, are you ready? Yes. Would you rather be unable to experience anger? Or be unable to experience sadness. I feel like the answer has to be sadness, right? I don't know. I mean, I don't like anger, but it's not saying not be controlled by anger. It's not saying you'd be angry all the time. But like sadness, if I could just like never be sad again, that'd be great. I'm going to say that. I'm this say is why I can't remember how many you've done. Because we talk about it. Because you talk way through. too much about your choices. Look, you got you to gotta look at it logically, man. All right, what's your answer? I'll you... say never experience sadness. You got it right. Yes! Now officially, probably, I've won the game. Now officially, probably, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. We'll go back and we'll have done like 17 rounds. <laughs> We just forget after every one. It's like, yeah. There's only three now that I can for sure remember. Sadness or anger, and castle did, or yacht. We definitely did at least five. Naive or paranoid. Possibly six. What were the other two? I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm remembering yours. I'm remembering the expensive house, expensive car one, the 
the uh, vomiter. <laughs> vomiter <laughs> diarrhea. I wasn't going to say the word again, but whatever. Diarrhea. Thought we reached our quota on that word, but whatever. Okay, well. I was unaware that there's a quota. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get mad at me if I say moist more than once in episodes. <laughs> That's for different reasons. <laughs> that is such a gross word. And diarrhea is not a gross word. No, it's not. It's really not. Okay? Gosh. <sighs> well, this has been interesting for all of our listeners. Man. Coming up next, we judge so-called hilarious and so-called harmless church pranks. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And we're going to kick off this hour with five random facts. Five random facts about April Fool's Day. As much as we love to celebrate Fool's Day, we don't know when and how it got started. There are several theories, but none of them is a perfect or confirmed one. If the human were that perfect, we would not have a Fool's Day, right? <laughs> Uh, the most famous of all the theories is that it got into our yeah is that it got into our lives when Pope when Pope oh it doesn't say the Pope name sorry okay hey, Pope. when a Pope changed the calendar in France according to the Roman one the people who knew nothing about the change continued celebrating New Year's celebrating New Year's start on April 1st and the ones who knew about it started calling them fools and thus started April Fool's Day. So if the ancient days had strong communication systems like us and if Pope the Pope announced the change (laughs) (laughs) in a news channel, maybe we wouldn't be able to fool our friends today. Yeah, sorry. I got these from a different place where I normally get our facts and I just assumed they'd be written correctly and but not so much didn't really them <laughs> yeah all right the most famous prank by the french the originators of fool's day is to stick a paper fish on someone's body without their knowledge and shout april fish <laughs> okay sneak a paper fish on somebody that's not the best prank <laughs> i've ever heard there now, french now sneaking a real fish on somebody like taping a sardine to someone's back. All day that, they'd be smelling just have it. That stench coming. I'm like, what is that? I think what it's. What did I sit in? I think it's you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 1976, BBC announced that on the day the gravity. That on the day. On the, that day. Oh, okay. <laughs> that on that day the gravity of the earth would be reduced by a certain level and whoever jumped in the air would lightly float in the air. People who hadn't noticed the date might have jumped to realize that Mother Earth cannot lose its attraction, and that's where BBC's mission might have been accomplished. So they actually had people calling in saying that they experienced these effects. Oh my gosh. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh Why man. does that not surprise me? <laughs> Google launched Gmail on the eve of April Fool's Day, and everyone thought it was a prank due to its unbelievably good features. But the company really launched the mail king of today. Yeah. 
And of course, Google is famous for doing all these kinds of April Fool's Day things, usually involving a product. There's usually at least one product they're saying they're going to announce, uh, and they usually announce it on April Fool's Day or the day before. Really? And so this actually happened with Gmail, and everyone really did think it was a, a, an April Fool's Day prank. Because when we think about it, now most of their features have become standard. In fact, most people are using Gmail, but most of their features have become standard. But if you go back and like try to use like a Hotmail account... Mm-hmm now like this is garbage this is this is so clunky and terrible to use compared to gmail gmail really changed the game i'm not a fan of gmail i'm a big fan of gmail Mm. i'm not a fan of them spying on me through it but you know that's today's society what are you gonna do about that there's no there's no there's no privacy anymore we all got alexas and google homes in our house don't you have a google home i have a an Alexa. I have two Alexas. I thought you had a Google Home. No. I'm sorry. Yeah, I have an Alexa, too. Did you know? Hey, here's a fun thing for you to do during uh, isolation, during quarantine here. Did you know you can ask your Alexa to fart? And it has several different farting options. Really? <laughs> it'll let out a fart. and It'll say what kind of fart that was all. That was a quiet one. If you'd like to hear a cheek-rattling fart... Just ask. See, now I just want for her to randomly throughout the day fart. Yes, that's an but option. But not say anything. That's an option. I'm pretty sure. Because it asked, because Deidre and I played with it last night, because I just read it online that this was a thing. And uh, it said, if you would like random farts, you can ask for that too. And it's either we'll just choose one of the random farts, or it'll play throughout the day. But that's exactly what Deidre said. We should just have it set to where it'll just randomly fart. I think that would be brilliant. I think it'd be so fun. I hope it's a just thing. farting and you like. <laughs> excuse you. What is yeah. going on? <laughs> I'm alone, and that wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> all right. So there is this list. It's you know it's it's April Fool's Day last year. I think is either last year or the year before. I think it was the year before. Uh, I don't know when it was. Anyway, April Fool's Day and Easter coincided. They were the same day. Okay. So we had, uh, it was either on. It may have been last year. It was either last year on the morning show or it was the year before on the podcast, uh, our old podcast show. But we went through basically Christian pranks because it was was April Fool's Day, Easter pranks. Things you could do at church, pranks at church. We had a lot of really funny ideas. So I thought, there's got to be another list of fun church pranks online. And this is the only one I could find that had a decent list. But they're not great. And so we're going to judge them. Okay. Some are better than others. But some just seems like, what are you talking about? This list is called Hilarious and Totally Harmless Church Pranks. Both of these terms are going to come into question at some point. Great. All right. So, number one here, make your youth pastor's door musical. This takes a little work, but it's well worth the investment. Buy one of those musical greeting cards that plays a song when you open it, dismantle the card and remove the small sound device, then tape it to the hinge of your youth pastor's door, being sure to close the door when you leave. Every time your youth pastor opens or closes the door, that annoying little tune will play. I like it. I think it's cute. Very cute. Harmless. Yeah. Pretty funny. Fun. 
Yeah. If you hide it correctly, it could take him a while to figure out where the heck that is coming from. Mm-hmm, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. That's a good one. All right. Here's this one. Number two. Read your Bible or hymnal upside down. When reading from the Bible or singing from the hymnal, flip the book over and read it upside down. Be totally straight-faced about it as if nothing at all is unusual. People who notice will surely get a kick out of it. No. How is this a prank? That's, that's not a prank. That's stupid. That's number two? That's <laughs> that's so much work on my part. I'm not... Right, I gotta memorize what I'm gonna be reading or try to read it upside down. I'm that's upset. Dumb. I'm upset already. Yeah, that's that one's dumb. <laughs> uh, okay, number three on this list. Talk about pulling an epic prank in church and then do nothing. It's all about the anticipation. Before church starts, tell others that you're planning to pull an epic prank during the service. Build it up as something huge and hilarious, but be vague in your details and insist that they'll just have to wait to see what you have in store. Then... Do nothing. Everyone's going to be waiting with bated breath, and you're just going to leave them hanging. It'll be frustrating for them and hilarious for you. How? Nothing's happening. You're telling a lie at the beginning and then just no payoff. (laughs) Listen, April Fool's is one of my more favorite obscure holidays. (sighs) And it's good to have fun. But I'm not going to encourage you to sin in your fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay, number four. Prank call your youth pastor. In an age of near universal cell phones, it can be hard to make an anonymous call. But in the United States, you can dial star 69 before the phone number to prevent a caller ID from picking up your digits. I'm assuming this is from a landline. I don't think you can do that on your cell phone, can you? Maybe you can. I don't know. Look it up. For this prank, call your church's youth pastor, tell them that you're from a local radio station, and inform them that they've won a cash prize. Then tell them they have to come down to the station to collect their winnings. When they show up, they'll realize they've been had. So, okay, as far as prank calls go, this isn't bad, but it doesn't really have anything to do with church. You're right? I I agree. You could fill in the blank of youth pastor with anything else. I... Yeah. Anybody else. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, All right, number five. Invite people to a fake party at your youth pastor's house. Prank your youth pastor by sending out invitations to a non-existent party to be held at their home. You can take this one as low-key or as uh, as far as you find appropriate. Share information about the party with your church friends and ask them to pass the word around. Send out evites with the youth pastor's address. Go all out to write up actual paper invitations and pass them out. When a line of partiers shows up at the youth pastor's door, everyone's going to be really confused. Now, I like like that that one. I'm actually all about that one. That one's pretty hilarious. That's so freaking funny. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Okay, number six. Convince a friend they've been accused of stealing from the collection plate. Both eyes just got really wide. If you attend church with a friend, this prank might be right up your alley. After services, tell your friend you heard they've been suspected of stealing from the collection plate. Approach the subject with great seriousness. If you can sell the story, your friend will buy it. Watch them squirm for a little bit before revealing the prank. This is just mean. Mm -hmm. That's not a prank. 
That's being a total jerk. <laughs> yeah. I'm accusing him from stealing. And stealing from a collection plate almost has a worse connotation than stealing from most anywhere else. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so awful. Because you're stealing from God. Yeah. So awful. Okay. Next on the list of awful ones, quit church for Lent. Lent is a time of year religious folks give up something precious to mirror the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross. This is heavy stuff to be sure, but there's no reason you can't have a little fun with your Lenten sacrifice. Announce to your family, friends, and church group that you're giving up church for Lent and watch the agog reactions roll in. People actually do this seriously, so be sure to stress afterward that it's all just a joke. <coughs> Pardon me, I got the corona. <coughs> okay. Got the corona. Got the corona. <coughs> All right, uh, yeah. So, I mean, again, this isn't so much a prank as it is just a a lie. Yeah. Uh, not even a super fun lie. Yeah. It's just a lie that's going to upset people, not in a fun way. There's no end payoff going, oh, that was funny because it was a joke. And you're like, why would you, why, yeah. why would you do this? That's, that's, <laughs> that's dumb. You're dumb. Pranks are supposed to be inherently funny, even to the person who was pranked, after the fact. Yeah. If it's just you being a lying jerk, it's not a prank. It's not funny. <laughs> All right, number eight. Speak with an accent. Perfect a foreign accent and throughout services, speak to your fellow churchgoers in your new voice. The trick to making this prank work is to commit to the performance. As you interact with others, don't give any sign or indication that you're aware of the accent. When people ask about it, feign surprise. If nothing else, it will get people talking. As a prank, not so much. But, but it's funny. It is funny. And I've actually wanted to do this. I've done this, not in this manner, but I've done this like going to some place that, that I've never been to and I'm never going again. Yeah. I've talked in an accent. Yeah. I've talked in a British accent before. Yeah. And it was a blast. Yeah. It made this otherwise very boring thing I had to go to very fun. Yeah. It was my, uh, it was my, <laughs> I don't remember what it was. It was when I had to go get my server's license. <laughs> when I was working in the Italian restaurant. <laughs> Nobody I knew was there. I didn't know anybody there. And this was a one-time thing that was going to last, I think, six years. And so I knew I wouldn't have to do it again. Yeah. And so I talked with a British accent the entire time. It was so fun. Nice. It was very boring. Mine would come out as an <laughs> English cowboy, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, howdy, everybody. Uh, all right. Uh, number nine, pretend to fall asleep mid-service. At any point in church service, you can close your eyes and pretend to be asleep. Be sure not to snore or otherwise disrupt the service. Your fake snooze will be enough to warrant at least a little attention. I'm not even going to read the rest of it. That is not a prank. <laughs> Flipping your Bible upside down while you're reading is not a prank. Pretending to fall asleep is not a prank. What? We've got... Two pranks, three good ideas out of this list. So far, yeah. It's garbage. There's only four left. It's trash. <laughs> All right, next. Number 10, dress like the pastor. Most ministers and clergy wear distinctive clothing to find something. So find something as similar as possible to wear to services. Better yet, enlist the help of friends and family members and have them dress like the pastor too. When the minister takes to the pulpit, they will be stunned to see lookalikes in the congregation. You can take the prank even further by pretending not to notice anything strange or unusual about your clothing. So I'm assuming this would work best in a church where, like, the pastor typically wears, like, the black shirt with the white collar 
or even better, go to like a Catholic church where they're wearing the long, flowy green robes or whatever. Steal one of those from the back, put it on. That would be pretty funny. I like this one. Yeah. I really do. It could work. I mean, even like, okay, if you go to, if you go to Friendship Baptist Church in Weatherford, Texas, go find yourself a white cowboy hat and a red corduroy jacket, and that's what you need to wear Sunday morning. <laughs> With a pair of blue jeans so and cowboy boots. So distinctive. It, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> listen here. How many people do you know pulling off that look? I, I'm, and true. can you imagine Kevin's especially, face as he walks in and he's especially like... Especially redheaded people. He's, just, <laughs> he's I'm pulling just it saying, off. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it could be funny. You know especially <laughs> if like both men and women and the children got involved. It could... This could have some could serious yeah. hilarity. Pull, pulled to off it. with uh, with finesse, it could be really absolutely. Good. Um, I've known Kevin, Pastor Kevin, for a long time, and I don't think I've ever made mention of the fact that he's a redhead until now, like as a point of fact. <laughs> well, because I think you wouldn't even know that he was a redhead unless you really looked at his beard. Because well, his beard he's... is very orange, so of course you'd know. No, I'm so both Chris and my brother-in-law have red hints to their beard. My brother-in-law even more so than Chris does. But Nick's hair is not red. Mm, okay, so you couldn't definitely say that the beard matches what his head would have if he had hair on his head. Exactly. <laughs> Poor bald guys. All right, number 11 on this list of 13 so-called hilarious and so-called harmless church pranks. <sighs> Oh, great. Pretend to choke while taking communion. No! This is an easy-to-pull prank that can be as subtle or as outrageous as you want it to be. But for uh, propriety's sake, you may want to fall closer to the subtle end of the spectrum. As the minister gives you communion, pretend to choke on the wafer. Watch the pastor's eyes bug out for a split second before revealing that, no, you're not choking and everything's fine. Guys. Okay. <laughs> During a potluck, this would be okay. Pretend to choke on a potluck. Still wouldn't be the greatest thing, but it would be it acceptable would, at least. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Not during communion. Have y'all lost your mind? There is there is there is a certain level of, of, of ceremony and, and reverence to this kind of uh, moment. Communion is a is a special thing. Not to be taken lightly, or joked about, or pretend you're choking. I'm so disappointed in this one. <laughs> I really am. This uh, Because there was such an easier way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Pretend you're choking at the potluck. Okay, mm-hmm. I can do that. No, why do you gotta go to communion? <laughs> now there's an interesting note about this. Uh, there's a surprising historical connection to this. Back when witchcraft accusations got uh, got you, it says burned at the stake, but they weren't really burned at the stake. They were usually hung or whatever. Uh, one way churches claim to know if someone was a witch is if the accused choked on the wafer during communion. It's pretty interesting. Anyway, moving on. Number 12 on this list of uh, top hilarious and harmless church pranks, so-called. Talk about a delicious steak dinner on Friday. During Lent. 
most Catholics and some other. No, I get that. Yeah. But if you're Catholic, you know all too well that consuming most types of meat is discouraged on Fridays. Talking about the meat, however, is not forbidden. When you find yourself at church or a church event on a Friday, ramble on excitedly about the delicious steak dinner you'll be having that night. I mean, I feel like we're not trying. I'm going to need you to help me. But what's that verse about making sure that we don't cause our brother to stumble? It's that verse, that that one, that one about the stumbling block, not causing. Thank you. That one. That one. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's a verse. Is this not like, (laughs) that is exactly what this is doing. (sighs) Right. If someone is practicing Lent for a religious purpose and you are shoving in their face that you're going to partake in something that they have chosen to give up. Yep. Ugh. You're a jerk. Right. You're doing it on purpose. If you're doing it accidentally, that's a different thing. Like, if you're not Catholic, but your friend's Catholic, and you're yeah. about it, we're going to have some steak tonight. Right. And they're like, oh. I'm like, oh, I'm, you, you, you be a person. You say, I'm sorry, I forgot. Yeah. I forgot that you can't have meat today. You can have it tomorrow. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll just go tomorrow. But this is... But this is purposefully trying to... To, to drip red meat yes. in the face. <laughs> I just don't understand it. Why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I'd be, I'd be like, y'all some jerks. <laughs> showing up to a party, to a Lent party on Friday with a Big Mac. Eating it in front of everybody. It's not a prank. Being a jerk mean. is not a prank. Yeah. All right. Lastly on this list of pranks, church pranks, forget to pick up a grandparent for church. Mo. Wow. What are we reading? (laughs) With this prank, you're already getting out of church rather than attending it. So it'll only work if others are expecting you. And of course, don't skip out uh, on Sunday when you have church duties to tend to. Many people pick up family members like grandparents and attend churches, uh, church services with them. Casually forget about church and picking up your loved one and sleep in instead. I'm very, I don't think I've ever been more disappointed in a list that that you've presented on the show. Yeah, the whole reason I'm presenting it is because of how disappointed I was It's disappointing, I yeah. There are three or four ideas that could be good if they were pulled off right, but I think two of them aren't necessarily specific pranks. to church. Yeah, yeah. Even. But a lot of them, yeah, a lot of them aren't pranks. There's at least three or four that aren't pranks. They're just, hey, be a jerk in this instance. Yep. And then there are a lot of them that are just dumb. Mm-hmm. Just pure dumb. You're skipping church. You're not forgetting to pick. You're skipping a church and you're making your grandmother miss church, who there, likely really wants to go. That, that <laughs> even more than them being dumb or them, you know, being just jerky, it you are outright going against what Christianity is. Oh, but, uh, but really? <laughs> Just for the sake of April Fool's Day. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> God's grace will be sufficient for April 2nd. Oh, You'll be goodness good. Goodness gracious. I just, really? <laughs> all right. Wow. So that was the list, guys. And that's the, the only real list I could find online. And uh, it makes me sad. So our charge to you guys is to come up with some good ones. Please. Uh, we're going to have to go back to our, our Twitter uh, hashtag party and find that list because those were good. We had a list, at least a dozen 
solid church-based pranks that would have garnered much hilarity and little hellfire for you afterwards. Gracious sakes. All right. Well, now that we're all upset. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even really upset. I'm disappointed. Like, <clears throat> Be better. I know. Funnier Christians. Jeez, get it together. That's like one of my really good friends, his birthday is April 1st. And so his wife every year tries to pull off some epic prank. Well, my mom is like the biggest prankster of all time. I grew up. That's why I love April Fool's so much, because I grew up knowing Something big was going to happen. Okay, well, then I texted my mom and I was like, Mom, I need an epic April Fool's Day prank to pull on our friend who it is also his birthday. And she comes up with the stupid ones that everybody has all played out and done. We'll put cellophane on the toilet. And no, Mom, we need epic. Those have all been done and played out. Come on, guys. Get a squirting flower and put it on your lapel. Yeah. And then ask him to smell it and then squirt him in the face with it. <laughs> He'll never see it coming. April Fool's Day, everybody. <laughs> oh, gracious. Coming up next, we take a serious look at fear in the face of this pandemic and share with you a message from another one of our Back Row Radio shows. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we air a program here on Back Row Radio called Celebrating Recovery. It is relatively new this past week, airing just its sixth episode. But we'd like to both introduce you to the show if you haven't heard it yet and share this special, special method. <laughs> share this special message from last week's episode. forever family. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who has struggled with pornography and depression, but currently struggles with food addiction and codependency. My name is Matt, and welcome to Celebrating Recovery. This show is not officially affiliated with the Celebrate Recovery program, but I have been a part of CR for the last 14 years, and I have been the ministry leader of a program at my home church since 2016. This show exists to encourage believers who struggle with hang-ups, past hurts, addictions, questions, or anything that is hindering your growth into the man or woman God desires you to be. That is to say, in short, this show is for all of us. Today, I'm going to be bringing you a, a bit of a different message. It's uh, been a few weeks since we've had a show uh, due to some... Things going on at the radio station with updates and whatnot. And in that time, uh, things have gotten a little uh, scary in this world. Fear is a natural response to circumstances like we're in now. 
I'm sure even many of you listening have struggled with a spirit of fear during this COVID-19 crisis, maybe even worrying that despite your best efforts, you'll catch it. God does not want us to have a spirit of fear. He reminds us of that over and over in the scriptures. I think it's at least 189 times the phrase fear not appears in the Bible. He means it. But I suppose one of the greatest areas we struggle with when it comes to fear is the fear of uncertainty. Most of us are afraid of the unknown. What's going to happen next? It's that unknown lab report that tends to drive fear into our lives. Once the unknown becomes known, however, that fear begins to fizzle. Let me give you a, a recent example from my own life. All of my life, I've been dealing with food addiction. It's been something that, it's, it was the first addiction that I learned, and it's been the hardest one for me to get a hold of. And it made it even more difficult that throughout my life, whenever I went to the doctor, got physicals, anything like that, I would always get the same result. Well, you're overweight, but other than that, you're fine. Cholesterol's fine, blood sugar's fine, all that, everything's good. And so that almost drilled into my mind what I'm doing is okay and that the consequences will never catch up with me. But in the recent years, I had let myself balloon up to 439 pounds. My eating was out of control. And we had a physical coming up for my, uh, my wife's work, uh, our life, our health insurance, sorry. And, uh, I just, I had this nagging fear in the back of my mind. This time it was going to be different. And I knew this was coming up months in advance. So for months in advance, I was just sitting here worried. I didn't make any changes. I didn't do anything differently. I just worried and actually allowed that fear to drive me deeper into my food addiction. And then I finally went to the doctor, finally heard the doctor say, you have diabetes. And hearing this news was sort of freeing. No longer did I have the worry of what is going to happen. What are the results? Now I knew. Now something was firmly in place. And that was a little bit easier for me to place in God's hands than just my, you know, wafting sense of what's next. And it allowed me to get a game plan. And as a result of that, I've seen God bless my efforts in a way that I've never been able to see before in my whole life. In the last few months, I have lost 95 pounds. And my goal is still more than 100 pounds away from that. But those are amazing results that I can only attribute to relying on God for the strength in the face of fear. So what about the rest of 2020? There are so many unknowns. Is the stock market going to stabilize again? Will the political divide in this country grow even more polarizing? What about my health? Will I avoid the virus that's plaguing the world? Will the economy crash? Will I still have my job next year, next month, tomorrow? If we elect a new president, what impact will that have nationally and locally? We don't know what this year is going to bring. Years ago, there were some men who were on a leaky old ship in the middle of a rough and stormy sea. 
They were actually fearful for their lives. They didn't know whether they were going to sink or not. So one of them went in to see the captain and asked him if they were safe. He said, well, I'll put it this way. The boilers on this ship are very weak and may explode at any moment. Also, the ship is very old and she's taken on water. And to be very honest with you, we may have an explosion or we may sink. Then he caught his breath and said, Men, we may go up or we may go down, but at any rate, we are going on. And that's the way we are as we face this season together. Jesus may come, we may go up, we may die and go down and then go up, but at any rate, we are going on. And as we face a year of uncertainties, those unknowns that tend to rob us of peace, we should strive to be able to say, along with the psalmist in Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Now that's what we find God talking about here in Isaiah 43, as we learn some things today about the fear of uncertainty. I'm going to read to you Isaiah 43, 1 through 5. It says, But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. Now, twice in these five verses, God says to us, fear not. Now, not all fear is bad. Some kinds of fear are good, like when you're walking through the tall grass in the outskirts of town and are keeping an eye out for snakes. It's the fear of being bit by a snake that keeps your ears open and walking lightly. Or when you cross a busy street, it's the fear of getting run over that causes you to look both ways before crossing the street. Or when there's a bear chasing you in the woods. It's fear of getting attacked and mauled to death that allows you to run faster than ever before, even though I'm sorry, you're not going to outrun that bear. It's even the fear of this virus that has caused us to really focus on good hygiene habits and to be conscious of how we interact in hopes of quelling this virus. So there is such a thing as healthy fear. But that's not the kind of fear God's talking about here. And much of the time in scripture, for just as there is healthy fear, there is unhealthy, unholy, unhelpful fear. And it's that kind of fear we're talking about today. So what does God have to say to us today about the fear of uncertainty? Well, beginning here in verse 1, we find God say, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. So who's he saying this to? Whom does God say to fear not? To those he has redeemed, to those he has purchased. When it comes to facing the uncertainties of this year, all of the unknowns, financial loss, job loss, health issues, and more, 
here's what God says to us. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. What a promise. What a savior. And as we face the uncertainties of life, we don't have to fear. And here's why. Because God has redeemed us. A couple of beggars stood at a gate of a mansion one night, hesitating to enter because of the growling watchdog. One of them said, go on in. There's nothing to be afraid of. The dog is barking, but he's also wagging his tail. And his friend replied, yeah, but I don't know which end to believe. Well, you can believe God when he says to the redeemed facing uncertainties, fear not. Isn't it wonderful to be known by God? Especially when you're not sure what's coming next. And listen to what God tells us back in Isaiah 41, 13. He says, for I, the Lord, your God, will hold your right hand saying to you, fear not, I will help you. I know that sometimes we get to thinking as we go through times of uncertainty that we're somehow holding on to God. I got news for you. You're not holding on to him. He's holding on to you. Like a parent holding the hand of their child to cross the parking lot. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand. Hey folks, when it's the Lord God holding on to you, you don't need to fear. And look again at whom God is holding on to in verse 1. It says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Now that raises the question, have you been redeemed? What does it mean to be redeemed? Who are among the redeemed? Because whoever they are, fear no longer has to paralyze their potential, nor hinder their happiness. Well, the word redeemed means to release something, to deliver somebody, to buy something back. When God says, I have redeemed you, he is saying that through the blood sacrifice of his son, Jesus, on the cross 2,000 years ago, that he purchased you. He bought you in order to release you from the bondage and burden of sin. Now, if you don't mind, hallelujah, what a savior. And hey, folks, remember... The moment Jesus steps into your life, from that moment on, you belong to him. You are his purchased possession. And here's what that means for you when it comes to fear. The fear of the future is the waste of the present. That is, if you've been redeemed. Put this down somewhere. Fear flees where redemption reigns. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. The opposite of fear is trust. Times of uncertainty are times of trusting, not fearing, when you belong to him. Proverbs 29.25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Fear and trust are extremes. They are opposites. You cannot be fearful while you are trusting, nor can you be trusting when you're fearful. When fear moves in, trust moves out. When trust moves in, fear moves out. Here's what fear says to God. I'm not sure that I can trust you with this situation. I'm not sure that you will come through this time. This unknown circumstance may be too difficult for you, God, to handle. And if today you find yourself dealing with the unknown, just as Gabriel told Mary in Luke 1.37, with God, nothing will be impossible. And that's a correct way to use this verse. When you look at the mountain of fear you've built up and think, this is impossible for me to climb and conquer, well, you're right. But if you instead 
hand those fears over to God, he makes the impossible possible. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Now, he doesn't stop there. We continue in verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Did you notice he didn't say if you pass through the waters, but rather when you pass through the waters? Now, I live in New Mexico, so there's not a whole lot of water around here. So you might be asking, what water am I talking about? I don't know. You tell me. What waters are there in your life that has you swimming for your life? That has you stretching to keep your head above the water? Those waters. Well, God says here that whether our flood is ankle deep, knee deep, or neck deep, that we can know that the floods of life no longer have dominion over our lives. Verse 2, And through the rivers they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Again, he doesn't say if you walk through the fire. He says when. See, just as the floods will come, so will the fires. There is no escaping them, not in this life. Jesus said in John 16, 33, In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Do you remember what those three Hebrew boys said to King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 3, verse 17? They said, Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. King Nebuchadnezzar said, Yeah, we'll see about that. He then tossed them into the flames and afterwards looked into the furnace and declared in verse 25, Look, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now let's stop there and examine that for a second. Who was the fourth being in the furnace? Was it an angel? Or was it actually Jesus before being born on earth? I've heard both. And in studying this, there's a good case to be made for either conclusion. But in the end, theologians and commentators are still divided on who this fourth in the furnace was. But whether it was the Lord or an angel of the Lord, let me tell you something about that furnace. God was there waiting for those three Hebrew boys. He was already watching, already waiting to act. And just as he was there waiting for them to see them through it, he is waiting for you too. He is already there before you ever get there. And when you belong to him, fears over the unknown no longer have dominion over your life. And don't you love what verse 3 says? For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And what a Savior he is. Here's what the first three verses tell me. Those whom God redeems, he releases from all fear. So here's the second wonderful truth when it comes to the fear of uncertainty. Fear not, for I am with you. Verse 5 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41.13 again, For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. Not only is God's protection promised for those he redeems, but God's presence is provided for those he redeems. Do you remember those three Hebrew boys we just talked about? God didn't take them out of the fire. Rather, he took them by the hand and led them through the fire. 
They were more safe in the fire with him than they were out of the fire without him. And so are you. There's just something about the presence of God that calms our fears. Do you remember what happened to Adam and Eve after they sinned against God? Their sin separated them from God, just as our sin separates us from God. And what did they do? Genesis 3.8 says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. What separated Adam and Eve from the presence of God? Their sin. Now, they were separated from the presence of God. No wonder they were afraid. When are we going to learn that there is no solution to our fears outside of a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ? Years ago, there was another ship caught in a severe storm. Everyone on board the ship was filled with fear. A sailor on board had his son with him. Someone noticed how calm the young boy was while everyone around him was in a panic. So they walked over to the boy and asked, Son, how can you be so calm in this storm? Aren't you afraid of what might happen? The boy looked the man in the eyes and as calm and as confident as a young boy can be, he said, Sir, I'm not afraid of what might happen. I've just been on the deck and I know we're going to be just fine because my dad is at the wheel right now. When your father is at the wheel, no matter how severe the storm or how high the waves, you can know we're going to be just fine. We may go up, we may go down, but either way, with God, we're going on. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Yes, fear not, especially in times of uncertainty. When you don't know what's going to happen next, a boat that we're all in right now, when you don't know what's right around the next corner, trust God, and here's why. Fear not, for he has redeemed you. Fear not, for he is with you. That was last week's message from one of our other Back Row Radio shows, Celebrating Recovery. You can hear the next episode tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time or search Celebrating Recovery on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Coming up next, we share something that we love. We'll be back in just a few more of with just a few more of the morning. No, we'll be back in just a few with more of the morning side hug right here on Back Row Radio. (laughs) You jumbled all the words. Four (laughs) different ways before you got it right. back to the morning side hug as our show is coming to a close for today but first i want to share with you something i love and that is facebook groups Uh, facebook actually uh did this intentionally in the last uh year or two where they're focusing heavily on the groups aspect of their uh social platform and i really think that's kind of what's saving facebook right now facebook was kind of on the way out uh even most younger 
uh, teenagers now aren't even on it anymore. They're on Instagram, which is still Facebook, but they're not on Facebook. And uh, I think what's kept the the surge of people leaving Facebook uh, from kept 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 it capped. I guess I don't know what I'm trying to what analogy I'm trying to use. Uh, what's what stopped the swell of people <laughs> leaving Facebook? Let's there you go. Is the emphasis on groups, which is really neat in 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 that it's. I'm, I'm sure most of you are in them, but in a group, it's a specific group with a specific focus for people who share specific interests. And that has made Facebook a lot more fun for me, especially with our group. We started our group uh, and it really started taking off a little over a year ago, Back Row Baptist Church, where we've got, we're coming up on, I think, five and a half thousand people in that group just sharing funny Christian memes and videos and stuff all day long. And that makes it a joy to go most of the time. Unless we got a few fuddy duddies in there who are arguing over whether we're sanctified or not. Well uh, and we get rid of those people. But real we yeah, quick. we kick those out pretty quick. Ban <laughs> hammer swings with reckless abandon upon them. We don't even feel bad about it anymore. <laughs> no, because they know what they're getting into. Yeah. We we present them with questions. Do you understand what you're getting into? This Absolutely. is what's happening. Absolutely. Yeah. If you get upset, do you know what you're supposed to do when you get upset? Rule number one is just don't. Don't get upset. But if you do there are ways to handle it other than ranting on the page about how terrible people are. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's also what makes Facebook groups so great. You can kick people out. <laughs> I mean, you can unfriend people on Facebook, sure, but you can't delete someone's comment if they say something rude on somebody else's post or something like this. You know, Facebook gives you a level of of uh, moderation you can you can have moderators in charge of making sure things run smoothly and sure sometimes they take that power to their heads i get it but it's better than not having it right it's like having a government we don't always like the government but if we had no government it'd be anarchy and anarchy's no fun well it's fun for a few people i think mo would be great in an anarchist society but not all of us Talk about a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, all that to say, I really do enjoy Facebook groups. I like being able to join some of these that are active. Uh, like you, you and I are in that one, the TV show thing, which has been fun, but it's run its course in our minds. Once this thing is over, which should be over by now, uh, we're It'll out be of over that tonight. Out of that group. But uh, it was a fun adventure. Oh. Uh, it grew really quickly. It got super popular really fast. It really did. Which is surprising because they do these kind of things everywhere on the internet. Yeah. This one just took off. It really did. I don't know how he did it. I don't know. I'm not. I I don't know. He just got a really quick following all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. This is how cults happen. And now it's gone to his head and now he wants to do a bigger and better bracket and spread it out even further and it's going to be continuous brackets. Listen, I feel like there should be a rule that the office is not allowed in the next bracket. Well, that's what he said. He said the winner is not going to be in the next bracket, and obviously the office is going to win. I hate hate the office. Friends got kicked out, and it was worth it. Um, Yeah, that's right. You and I are going to (laughs) fight. Let's close out our show with a Bible verse for today. Our Bible verse for the day is Matthew 19, 21. Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go 
Sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Thank you for joining us. There's a Back Row Morning Show every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week, and Bubba and Anna bring you church nerds every Friday. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio, and join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to backrowbaptist.com. Can you guys hear that dog? I know. It's annoying me so bad. Shut up, dog. Golly, the dog's so loud. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Our free podcast for the Morning Side Hug has undergone some changes. We've added a lot of back episodes from the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday shows uh, since the Morning Side Hug began. And we're also adding slowly the older episodes from our previous morning show, which is essentially the same morning show. We just renamed it uh, and relaunched it. <laughs> but uh, we've at, we're adding a bunch of those. We started in August 2018. I'm trying to add a week's worth a day. So there's a lot there's a lot of episodes. There's over 200 episodes total. So keep checking back. Keep checking them podcast feeds. You can see why we wouldn't want to use them for forever. Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts. <laughs> if you love what we do here at the Morning Side Hug and Back Row Radio as a whole, please consider partnering with us at backrowradio.com slash partner. There are several tiers with different rewards and incentives, but just committing to donate $1 a month will get you in our private Facebook group, The Scoop, and we'll get you our private podcast feed where you'll get our exclusive Throwback Thursday podcast and bonus content. Were you taking a dig at me a minute ago? I really wasn't. A dig? No. <laughs> That's it for the show. We'll be back tomorrow. We hope you will, too. Once again, I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. Remember that Jesus loves you. Do not go on Facebook and say you have COVID-19 as an April Fool's prank. Do you hear me, everyone? (laughs) And if you see us around, we'd love a side hug. Bye. (laughs) Stern goodbye for a serious message. That's right. You know people are going to do it. You know people are going to go on. I got the COVID-19. Nobody touch me. You ain't funny. Stop it.